among indigenous people of Japan that that I knew, um, traditionally a that you knew, a knew I knew. Oh no. <laughs> I thought you said that I knew. No, no, no. The The group is called the I knew. Okay. Okay. A-I-N-U. Okay. I knew. Yep. That was on me. Welcome to the dirt. Let's roll up our sleeves and get down to today's topic. Sleeves. You know, like tattoo sleeves. Today we're talking about tattoos. And you know who's got a sick set of sleeves? Who? The Siberian, quote, princess. Um, the, you know this girl? Uh, I do. I recently came across an article on her while I was scrolling for something completely different. Oh, they're so pretty. Her tattoos so, are so cool. So, yeah. So, in case you were not there when Anna happened upon it, uh, we're talking about a uh, 2,500-year-old uh, mummy that was found in the Altai Republic, and this was this was a few years ago, but no less amazing. She was found in the Yukok Plateau, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, and it's up in the the border region between among Russia, Mongolia, China, and Kazakhstan. So it's chilly there for most of the year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, that's one of the major reasons uh, that she was so well preserved, and why we can see her tattoos because it was very cold and very dry. Yeah, yeah. And so it just sort of um, you know, like when you make space ice cream. <laughs> yeah, she was freeze dried. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a unfortunate way to talk about a, a human person but yeah no it, I, I, I mean, kind of probably shouldn't have used the comparison to space ice cream but it's really hot and it just so hot about right now <laughs> yeah so she was found um in 1993 yeah and she was um i believe her remains were returned to siberia um in 2012 which is the article that i came across um, yeah, that's that's where they had um, redrawn her tattoos. So scientists had analyzed and drawn all the tattoos that cover her body. And because she had been in a research institute um, in Moscow. And so she is a, a member of or she's believed to be a, a member of the Pazirik people, which is a, a nomadic group that was described by your bud Herodotus. In the fifth century, yeah, in the fifth century BC, um, he called them the Scythians, and which, like, he kind of called everybody east of a certain point Scythians. Well, but you know, I mean, he didn't. He didn't actually travel. People came to him with stories, and he wrote them down. Yeah, so well, he tried. He did. His, he did his best. Yeah. Um, so in this article uh, from the Siberian Times that we will put up on the Facebook page, uh, they have recreated the majority of the tattoos that are on the body of this Siberian princess in heavy quotes. Um, she was actually more likely to be some kind of religious leader or um, maybe even a healer of some sort. She had um, some medicinal herbs and things buried with her. Um, but these tattoos are amazingly... Uh, 
similar to something that you might see on someone's body today. They're really, um, they're figurative. So they are of animals, but they're of these fantastical animals. So there's one on her shoulder and it's, it's like a deer, but it's got a griffin beak. And then it's got these crazy antlers. And then on the tips of the antlers, there's more griffin heads. Yeah. It's just all of these beautiful, um, chimera animals. It's like spotted panther with a tail but the legs yeah, of a so sheep ex- and yeah and they they start they start on her uh shoulders and they extend down to the wrists uh one um comes around on the shoulder blade and then she also has um tattoos extending up one leg from the ankle yeah so this i mean coming across this article and and this case uh, being reminded of this uh, mummy with the tattoos, that's really what gave us the idea of, of talking about tattoos this week. Um, and they they have such a long history, I think a longer history than I realized. And Yeah, um, definitely than I realized. Yeah, so, I mean, let's talk for a minute about uh, why, why do you get tattoos? Why do, why, what are reasons in different cultures why someone might have a tattoo? Yeah, so there are really... It comes down to about as many reasons to get a tattoo as there are things you could get tattooed on your person. Um, And I kind of think about them in terms of being in two major camps, Uh, whether the the first being you are telling your own story or you are declaring an identity or taking a stance on identity or someone else is telling the story for you. Or they are assigning an identity to you, so it's it's it has it has a lot to do with like representation and what you're representing mm-hmm. and and why, and so they can be um, in that in the former, um, it can be a social marker and it can signal it can be a signal to others either people with whom you may share an identity or or to kind of ward off those who don't share that identity. You know, some very commonly cited examples of this are with um, gang affiliations or time spent in prison or uh, like Russian prison tattoos have been very widely studied because there are these like gorgeous stu- like photographic studies that have been done and they're very dense with meaning. Uh, also, status as a military veteran. So you have you have veterans who have um, the branch of the military in the U.S., that like the U.S. military in which they served. Yes, yeah, like uh, North versus American Marines versus yeah, yeah. And so when you're out, when you're out in the world, there can be someone else that has that same tattoo, and you have this instant shared identity um, and this sort of touch point socially that you have this shared experience, which is a very and a lot of these come around very powerful transformative experiences. Uh, in the 19th century, North American and European sailors were uh, big into tattoos. A tattoo, like your tattoos can say where you've traveled, how long you've traveled. There are, I'll, I'll, I'll dig up whatever it was that I read and, and share it. But there are certain animals that indicate, well, there's, there are certain images that indicate whether you have crossed the international date line and from oh. which direction and how many continents you've visited um, and what, like what various positions you've held. I know while... that, um, you mean like, like Bozen or. Yeah. I don't know anything about boats. I mean, I don't know anything about boats after like the iron age. 
<laughs> so, so I do know um, it's not so much 19th century. I think it's quite a bit earlier, but it used to be very commonplace for European sailors to have um, a pig tattooed on one foot and a rooster on the other. Did you come across that at all? Um, I that sounds familiar. And is that like um, like just like an like a talisman? Yeah, thing? it's a good luck thing because pigs and chickens were the most often the animals the most often um, likely to survive a shipwreck. And and that's so weird to me. You know, if if you've got a lot of farm animals on a ship, um, those are the animals that are most likely to survive. And that's actually probably because they're the ones who are kept in crates. So yes. it's not like. I don't know. It's hey, if it works for you, great. Oh, hey, yeah, you, okay. you keep so your pig and your chicken. I've got some stuff. I've got some stuff. Okay, give me the um, stuff. So a nautical stuff. So among sailors, um, commonly hold held ideas around the nautical star. Um, that is a symbol that has a talismanic quality of that the sailor will always find his way home. I was just gonna say, is it like the North Star? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And so you can have a um, shellback turtle, and that's when you're initiated into King Neptune's court. Oh. And so you enter King Neptune's court after you cross the equator. Oh. Uh, yeah. And I cross the crossed... equator in an airplane. Can I? No, I think it has to be a boat. Um, crossed cannons can mean a veteran with military service as a sailor. Um, and you get, this is the one, this is, this is the one that I remember reading about, um, the swallows, the swallow tattoo, um, one swallow represents every 5,000 nautical miles someone has traveled. Oh, interesting. So if you've circled the if you've circled the earth, um, you, you clock in at about 4.16 sparrows. Swallows? Yes. Yeah. Those are swallows. I'm looking at swallows, not sparrows. Yeah. Swallows have the, I, the I was thinking about tails. those. Yeah. 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 Swallows. And they, yep. they 4.16 uh, swallows. I wish more things were measured in swallows. Yeah. And um, a knot of rope on a sailor's wrist identifies him as a deckhand. Mm. And so the hula girl, the hula girl signify the sailor has been to Hawaii. <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah. So the pig and rooster, that's the one you were talking about. Yeah. So and they, a tattoo of a Mexican cutie indicates that you've been to Margaritaville. Oh, jeez. It probably does. It's in the um, song. I am not familiar. <laughs> You're not familiar with the Jimmy Buffett song Margaritaville? Oh, I'm I'm familiar with the with the product. Um and so you can also yeah, the palm tree depending on your navy, the palm tree can mean um sailing in the Mediterranean. Um if you were in the British Royal Navy in World War II. And if you were in the U.S. Navy, you served in Hawaii. Okay. So, yeah. So, those that you can do with that what you will. So, those are my <laughs> facts that I didn't realize I didn't know. Yeah, we've got a new um, segment called, We're Gonna Google It. So, you have these, these um, the symbols that hold meaning for yourself or members of your chosen community to whom you wish to communicate this. Right. Um, and to those outside the group... It has the appearance of otherness. And so, and that's part of why sort of the Sailor Jerry school of, of tattoos and things like that have popularity with other subcultures because there is 
also just the attraction of it being something other. Yeah, and it's also uh, a really neat aesthetic. Like some people get tattoos just for the aesthetics of them. And uh, while they may have, you know, maybe they have some personal significance, but, you know, let's not step away from the fact that while there's huge amounts of, of cultural and social meaning, it's an art form. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah. And I, I think of it as none of the, these categories that I'm discussing should be seen as separate from art Yeah, yeah. because it is art. And, and so in terms of identity establishment, it's also used as, um, a means of demonstrating survival or celebration. And then also with religious affiliation or some other kind of spiritual significance. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that despite the fact that um, the book of Leviticus prohibits tattoos, they have been used in like throughout the history of Christianity for Christian purposes. It's, It's very fascinating to me that in in cases like um, during the Ottoman period, uh, the in the Bosnian Croats would tattoo their children to protect them from conversion to Islam. So it's prohibited in Islam, but it's also prohibited in Christianity. Well, and okay. so it's this idea of it's in in how Christianity is practiced. It was prohibited in the Holy Roman Empire. Ah, okay, okay. So, yeah, so it was it was prohibited, I believe, by Constantine and um, at least in the in the in the denomination of Protestant Christianity in which I was raised, it is prohibited. OK, uh, so it's it is it is interesting that um, there's uh, plenty of plenty of stuff in uh, Leviticus that did it doesn't get overturned. <laughs> And, but there is this this idea of well it's it's worse it's it's worse for the alternative sort of thing, uh, but you have Berber groups in North Africa that traditionally that have traditional tattoos, um, and those groups also practice Islam, and so you have this i these ideas that there's a, sort of a cognitive dissonance or. Or internal just, conflict or like a, a fluidity of interpretation yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah no I, I what what i would mark as like the most like the coolest among um <laughs> religious tattoos is um in jerusalem there's a tattoo studio uh, owned by the razuk family and they have been tattooing christian pilgrims for 700 years that blows my mind yeah and so you have 1300 since the 14th century yeah since the 14th century they have been they yeah they have been uh doing tattoos and uh i want to go there i mean i guess it's specifically for christian pilgrims probably and uh yeah they probably wouldn't take kindly to some yeah some like rando being like hey i want one uh not for you yeah they (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they've been doing that for seven hundred years. Um, whiz. Yeah, which is which is amazing. And then other, and then the other idea around um, having control over the narrative that you're representing with your tattoo is um, some idea of like memorial or loved ones' names 
Yeah. You know, like upon the birth of a child or something. I know someone who has um, his pet bunny's name tattooed Aww. on his arm. And it says Lily Cheeseball in a very Baroque style of writing. Well, that's charming and delightful. Isn't that just... <laughs> Uh-huh. It's it's the most wholesome tattoo I think I've ever seen. That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other camp is um, less sweet. And that is when the story is told for you. Uh, and then in, in military context. So not veteran service. And these are this is sort of conscription. So in the context of conscription, there's there's a fourth century A.D. Latin account called regarding military affairs by this guy Vigicious. Vigicious. And um, yeah, he refers to the military mark and he discourages one from administering the military mark to a new recruit because you don't know if he's going to pan out. In more recent military cases, deserters in the British military were tattooed with a big D, um, which is... Really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so, um, when was, is this, so, this isn't still something that happens. When it was this sort of during eighteenth, nineteenth century. I, yeah. I, like what I well, what I saw um, was, I think World War One. Oh, so even okay. Yeah, like not not that long ago. No, that's that's um, later than I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so. Um, a lot of times in 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 the past in in previous empires, um, individuals conscripted into military service were um, captives, prisoners, slaves, mm-hmm. um, and so and in some cases, um, slaves and prisoners are the same thing. Uh, and so there are instances of of slaves being tattooed, and so you see that in. Um, Greek and Roman contexts and you see that in in like what we've what we've been reading it, it seems that there are a lot of people like a lot of citations that make reference to practices of tattooing human beings that are the possessions of other human beings and and so it's it's to deter escape and I think that might be a big part of the prohibition against tattooing in yeah. sort of the Judeo-Christian Tradition. Yeah, and that's what I remember being taught is that it's it's something that 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 we don't do because we are not in that position. And it's the idea of of serving anyone else except God. Yeah. Yeah. And so these notions of, of servitude versus independence or or will, free will. Um, and so that's something that and I read I read somewhere that also if export tax was paid when um, slaves were moved from one district to another in the Roman Empire, they would be tattooed oh, to say the like tax a, was paid. Like a like barcode. a pack of cigarettes. Oof. Like just like where you have like the the like duty paid Oof. sticker, which is which just really that is really a yucked bummer. me out. Yeah. And like and then also bombers um prisoners in nazi concentration camps um had identification numbers tattooed on their forearms mm-hmm. um and that's something that survivors of um camps carried with them the rest of their life yeah um and is a is a very evocative 
form of, of memory. Yeah, absolutely. Of like both, uh, certainly for the survivor themselves, but also for the larger community and then just like the larger society. It's very much something that appears a lot in history and in, in poetry and metaphor. Like without your consent. Um, and this can be accidental in the case of traumatic tattoos is the, is how it's categorized. Um, and these often like have two words together. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's not the, <laughs> not, it's not like your the artist was a jerk or like, you know, you got hepatitis from it. It wasn't like that. It's not that kind of traumatic. Um, this, this happens in, um, explosions or other accidents, there are cases where it happens in road work. Mm. So things with like asphalt or oh, pitch. and it gets um, driven into your it, skin. Yeah, it can happen in coal mines Yikes. where there's so much like coal dust. And so if you have an injury, it gets in there. Um, or something less scary like a pencil. Yeah, that happens. Um, I have two pencil dots, in one in each hand from accidental stabbings. Uh, myself yeah. no one my, did it to me I just... my my dad has one i remember what, like when i was a kid asking about it and my dad has one on his upper arm um and it's pretty it's i mean it's it's how, how do you sort get of it tattoo there? mechanics i think a kid stabbed him with it and oh, it broke okay. off that was the predictable i don't know like all right like kid stuff actually it's the biology behind that is is just a really neat little detail and it's just simply that um, pigment particles are too big for your white blood cells to eat. So it's that when you get a tattoo or when you get an accidental tattoo with some kind of pigmented material, um, you have a wound associated with it. Your skin is opened. And so your yeah. immune system activates and your white blood cells come to clean up the wound and to, to fight off any infection. And they eat the things that white blood cells usually eat, but they don't eat the pigment because it's too big. They can't process it, and so the pigment remains. Um, there are st there are modern medical tattoos. Um, so if if you are receiving radiation therapy, yeah, these, or are, these like are on purpose other, ones. Yeah, and these are where a physician will mark for because there needs to be some precision um, and consistency in the um, administration of of medical treatment. Tattoos were also a specific type of tattoo was used to identify Nazi Waffen, Waffen SS officers. The, yeah, the, the Waffen. And so if you were someone that had a tattoo, a blood type tattoo. So when you enlisted um, in, or when you were an officer in the SS, you were yeah, given Yeah, in the, in the Waffen SS, tattoo. so the, 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 the weapon bearing ones. Yes. Um, they, it seems that not everyone got this and not necessarily everyone who had it was one. Uh, but they had a tattooed, like, bearing their blood type. And so afterwards, it was used as oh, war evidence. trials. Yep. Ooh. And so I found this article from 1985 um, in which they found a Nazi um, in Syria and interviewed him. And he said he didn't get caught because he didn't have one, just like... Joseph Mangala didn't have one. I did not know that that was a thing that happened. Didn't know that was a thing, which like, I'm not, you know, I'm not like, you know, feeling any sympathy for the, for the Nazis here, but like having this identity thrust upon you for bearing or not bearing a tattoo. 
I mean, it's it, it, interesting. Yeah. Like, just yeah, like, I like, I feel for the guy, I feel for like the one person that like had one just because it was like a practical, th- it's like as far as tattoos go. Yeah. It's like a, if a, you're going to have one, having your blood a medical type bracelet, like a, exactly. Like I'm and people, penicillin. And there are people that have, um, tattoos. Um, it's something that happens among some Alzheimer's patients. Um, uh, it's something for people that have like really life threatening medical conditions mm-hmm. that they will have this like permanent marker that like it can include blood type but also that the absence of one made it possible for for someone to evade justice justice yeah, for wolf. at that point 40 years well let's dive back <laughs> into the archaeology for a sec uh we've been yeah. sort of talking about tattoos on the more modern end of the the spectrum so where's the oldest tattoo and um, how, how was it done? Because obviously, so the modern tattoo, usually, unless you have it done uh, through more traditional means, is done with an electric tattoo machine. And that was invented and patented by a tattoo artist named Samuel O'Reilly and was based on a device called the electric pen, which was invented by Thomas Edison in 1876. So the electric pen didn't uh, catch on as a writing implement. It was originally meant to be like a um, a document duplicator. So like it followed the movements of a different pen. Like you wrote your signature with one pen and the other pen had like an oscillating needle and followed your signature. Oh man. Yeah, I bet it, spiritualists were big into it. I am sure they were. Like I bet like mediums were like, oh yeah, that is the pen for me. <laughs> I have some documents I need my dead uncle to sign. <laughs> yes. Um, so the, this electric pen, it didn't actually use ink, but it, it perforated holes in, uh, uh, like a stencil. Um, and then you rolled ink onto the surface and you could, um, duplicate multiple things. So, uh, O'Reilly, the tattoo artist took this invention and fiddled with it, added more needles and a reservoir for ink and patented it. And this is what tattoo artists use now when they, uh, do tattoos. So that's cool. Uh, but that's definitely not what people were using um, before 1891. Before 1891. <laughs> so uh, the world's oldest known tattoo art is on an ancient Egyptian mummy that's dated to around 5,200 years ago. So astonishingly old, like all things considered. Astonishing to me anyway. Yeah. Um, and so this is on a mummy that's been on uh, public display at the British Museum for the past hundred years. And it's not until recently that uh, anyone looked at the smudges on this man's right arm and said, I think that's a tattoo. So they have looked at those smudges with infrared light and an infrared scanner. And those marks are, in fact, the first known figurative tattoos, meaning that they actually depict something rather than just squiggles. So it's um, two animals, a giant auroch, which is uh, an extinct species of bull. They were massive. They were, I mean, picture a cow and then like triple it. Julius Caesar was very afraid of them, but with good reason. They were just, just so big. Um, And also a Barbary sheep, which is uh, a North African species of sheep with these big curved back horns, which they're very distinctive. I've seen those. Yeah. They're they're just, super distinctive. Just so, so you know. Uh, hey, uh, you get a badge. You yes. get a goat badge. 
Oh, that's a, a sheep. That's a sheep. They're the same. Uh, we've I, just, yeah, we've talked very. about this. They're the same. <laughs> well, we've talked about this behind a paywall. Oh, hey, if you want to hear us talk about goats, uh, <laughs> subscribe to us on Patreon. So it's it's an auroch and a Barbary sheep. I have seen the pictures of these tattoos. Uh, we'll throw those up on Instagram. Uh, sort of a Rorschach test situation. Like if you say, if you're an expert on figurative markings and you tell me that it's a giant auroch and a Barbary sheep, sure. I can see, I could see the horns of the Barbary sheep. Everything else is like blobby, but you know, he, he's been uh, mummified and the tattoos were done 5,000 years ago. So, so it's not surprising that it's difficult <laughs> to see the, the details. Um Yeah. And and what we and what we're one is able to see now is in no way representative of what one could probably see when he was still bopping around. Yeah, for one thing, you know, his skin was a lot more hydrated back then, and and it yes. probably was a bit more stretched out. Yeah, um, right. It's not. Yeah. So anyway, the the appearance of the tattoos now is they're they're not at their best, but um, it's that is the first um, figurative tattoos that we have previously. It was thought that the title of oldest tattoos uh, belonged to Utsi, the Iceman. He's a little bit of an archaeological celebrity, and uh, we'll give him his own due sometime soon. But he also lived around um, 5,000 years ago near uh, what is now modern Austria and Italy in that border region, the Alps. And um, long story short... He died and his body was preserved uh, because of the the very dry, cold conditions there. And he was basically frozen over and his body was remarkably well preserved down to the clothing he was wearing, even down to uh, the contents of his stomach and the parasites in his gut tissue. And he was discovered by hikers in 1991 and he has been the focus of study since he was found because he's so well-preserved, and he's just such a, a treasure trove of information about uh, how people lived 5,000 years ago in, in that region. And he has 61 tattoos on various places in his body, so including his left wrist, his lower back, his torso, and on his lower legs. And researchers speculate that these tattoos are medicinal in nature. They correspond in a lot of places with areas where Utsi had some kind of medical issue, um, rheumatism. So a lot of the tattoos are on his joints and these aren't figurative. There's no, there's no animals or anything. Um, they're patterns of lines for the most part, like tally marks. Yeah, lines and then a couple, um, a few that are crossed lines. Like, yeah, for, um, for the most part, like it looks X's. like, like tally marks and X's. And, um, so on his joints and things, he, um, suffered from rheumatism. So, um, it may be the case that these were meant to relieve some of that, some of those symptoms. He also, like I mentioned, had parasites in his gut and there were some, um, tattoos on his abdominal region. So, uh, he may have had those placed there, um, you know, to deal with those symptoms. I'm not sure what the symptoms are of a whipworm infection, but it can't be good. The Egyptian mummy tattoos and Utsi's tattoos are currently the oldest known, but they can't possibly be the oldest. First of all, 
Utsi was a man living in Europe and the Egyptian mummy was living in Egypt around the same time. And that means that either both of those people spontaneously discovered tattooing at the same time or the practice of tattooing is far older. And uh, Or Utsi got that rheumatism walking back from Egypt. Okay, option three. <laughs> but I think what's more likely is that tattooing existed as a practice for a longer time, long enough for the idea of medicinal tattooing, if if that is indeed why Utsi has tattoos where he has them, for that so, to be a practice, you know, like someone had to be doing that for a while for like the for it to be sort of codified. Like, okay, when you have this complaint, the tattoos go here, you know. Yeah. So it's also think about like I've been I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about his tattoos. Um, also, I thought about his tattoos the entire time I got acupuncture treatments. I would just lay there and like think about his tattoos and be like. Outside note, um, like the most meta thing ever since we're talking about this, Brad Pitt has Utsi tattooed on his arm. Which what I would like is for it actually to be a tattoo of Utsi with a tattoo of Brad Pitt. So like this, like <laughs> just like keep it. Yeah, like keep it going. <laughs> um, also, I got weirdly mad about the existence of that tattoo on Brad Pitt. Well, what I want it to be is is medicinal. Yes. It's like for a very specific condition that Brad Pitt has. Just he's too yeah. handsome. So he also like Utsi also had tattoos in places that there aren't signs of an ailment. So the um the researcher said that maybe it was some kind of health issue that wouldn't be that like it could have been painful. It didn't in his like leave any kind area, of physical yeah. trace on the remains. But that also but were there were there signatures of physical ailments in places that didn't have tattoos? Because it sounded like, like what it sounds like, it could be also is coincidence. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it could be, yeah. you know, scientists getting way too excited about finding potential connections between tattoo and, and ailments. I mean, I would love to see some, some genuine thorough medical studies to come out and, and test that idea but um i mean in the meantime it tells us at least that 5200 years ago tattoos were a thing um, yeah and they were likely made by piercing the skin the outer layer of skin um and then rubbing in probably charcoal dust um i know someone who went to like the neolithic equivalent of a renaissance fair and oh, they God, had a that sounds amazing i mean i yeah it was in Europe. So uh, that's another thing on the list. Siberia and Neo Renfair. We can stop on the way back from Siberia. Okay. Um, so there were people there doing, uh, heavy quotes, traditional Neolithic tattooing. Um, and to make the tattoo ink, they had charcoal and they had the, the person who was being tattooed like spit in the charcoal to, to make the ink in order for cuz uh for it to be like from their own body right cuz if like the tattoo artist spit in it it's like this whole host so the body of... wouldn't reject it as readily yeah i mean probably still spit has all kinds of bacteria in it but it's like your own kind of biome so the point of that is that you, you don't really need much in the way of technology to create tattoos if you have the ability to make or use fire to create the charcoal and if you can sharpen a bone or a stone or a wooden tool then you can tattoo and you don't even have to sharpen anything there's um evidence from uh you know groups that are 
around today, you know, people who have studied ethnography and who have gone to various different um, cultural groups all over the world and tattoo and scarification is done with tools like thorns or Mm -hmm. uh, sharpened bamboo. And um, this one, this one gets me um, skin stitching. That's a thing. So you take needle and thread and you put pigment on the thread and then you stitch the pattern into the skin. And oh my God. And as the, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's a common practice among some traditional Arctic groups. Anyway, it was super cool. And, and tattoos and, and body modification and body marking uh, is done in all sorts of different ways. And it's a really um, global practice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have? Yeah. And so. Sorry, go ahead. What? Go ahead. What? I was going to ask if you had any tattoos. I do not. You don't. And it's not a matter of um, objection in any way. It's more a matter of being bad, financially irresponsible and they are expensive. averse to commitment. Yeah. No, I, no judgment here. And No, and it's, it's just sort of um, there is at least one that I very much would like to get. And it's just a matter of doing it. If you want like, Amber to get a tattoo, support us on Patreon. <laughs> because the one that I want is archaeologically relevant. I seriously but support us on Patreon. Support us on Patreon. We'll do a Facebook Live event where we get tattoos. <laughs> yeah, well, I know you have your little little creature I, on your arm. I have three tattoos. Yeah, I have a little dog, a hunting dog from the medieval manuscript the book of kells it's a a little uh hunting dog of of celtic design i could put that up on instagram um and then i have i have two other tattoos one on my back and one on my sort of is flank the word are you a horse well nay but um it's on my sort of my mid back rib cage area it's like under one arm um okay yeah, your mid back rib cage. It's a, it's a really specific my my thorax. It's on my thorax. Okay, it's on your thorax. Yeah, okay. and you know all of them have a very specific meaning to me, but it's it's one that's sort of difficult to articulate. Two of them are significant to me because I got them after people who were very important to me passed away, and then the the dog I got after sort of recovering from a, a very serious. Um, mental health um issue and so they they mark events and and events that i want to um commemorate and carry like it's sort of important that i'm i'm carrying them with me and just like knowing that yeah and that's something that people often say is that it's that the the whole like the reason why people choose to permanently adorn their body with this this like very symbol laden like a meaning laden image is because it is something that like transcends simple articulation yeah and i've always had a very very difficult time explaining why i have these tattoos why they're so meaningful because it's it's like a series of pictures that go through my head when i'm trying to describe it you know, mm-hmm. of the people and of, of the experiences that I've had. Um, and that's something that can be visually represented, but maybe not so well verbally, which is super great for a podcast. 
Yeah, and but it is it is a really great way to um, sort of introduce the concepts around when this very like powerful yet nebulous concept um, can be shared by one individual. Um, as it sounds like yours is, like this is a deeply personal, but if this is something that you share with everyone in your immediate community, um, like you, you are capable of carrying like your family history or your like family's narrative or your own accomplishments. And so there are um, communities for which tattooing is a, is a form of communication both in the, the the physical realm and also the spiritual realm because it is something that is is not just on the surface of your body but it's inside you also. So um, quick around the world. Um, in ancient China, um, there are several existing tattooed mummies um, and these people possess Western Asian slash Indo-European physical traits and cultural materials and these uh, date from a really long range, actually, uh, 2100 to 550 BC. So in ancient China, um, in terms of the literature, tattoos were sort of considered a, a barbaric practice. And so bandits and folk heroes and rough and ready types were the ones who had yeah, tattoos. And, and just to take a step back. Mm hmm. What you said first and what you said second, we're not seeing those are connected because we are looking at oh no sorry like, yeah so these two are these are two paragraphs. places these yeah these are two um very different instances both in terms of time and um sort of like ethnicity is a very charged word in um the realm of archaeology and anthropology but these are not the same groups but these are two groups and two instances wherein we we have um references to tattooing but they fall within the modern geographical borders of china yes thank you for so for that is what so that. we are yeah so we have um sort of broadly grouped these in terms of where you could find them on the map today so these are looking at contemporary political borders mm -hmm. um and then so i just wanted to make clear that we are not saying that folks that lived in the Tarim Basin like were barbarous between, in any way. Yeah, were like the criminals that no, 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 <laughs> that Chinese like royal. No, thank you um, for for like, clarifying. Annals would describe. Yeah, so we're not <laughs> saying that that's what that was. So yeah, we're <laughs> that's we yeah, cover so our that's, butts. Yep, that is our cob there because I was like I, I was following it as I went and I was like, mm, nope, that was. <laughs> Bad, that was an abrupt bad segue like, Anna yeah bad job um yeah so okay so so now I am talking about ancient China I'm not I'm not talking about the Tarim Basin anymore um yes. so as late as the Qing dynasty in China um it was common practice to much like in uh uh ancient Greece and Rome uh, tattoo characters such as the one for prisoner on convicted criminals' faces, so much like slaves remarked um, that that also uh, occurred in Chinese history, but it was relatively rare. So it was more it was more likely that someone would be marked for being a prisoner rather than being a, a slave. Like the idea of tattooing a prisoner or a slave or um, someone that has done something 
deserving of punishment in the eyes of the person administering the tattoo. Um, something that I read in an article that's like a good survey of um, tattooing and branding in um, sort of the Greco-Roman world in antiquity uh, is this idea of like the fact that it would have been dangerous because there's the risk of infection. Yeah. Um, that like it is part of the punishment. So part of the punishment is enduring this experience. Yeah. It kind of hurts. I mean, even in, depending on where it is on your body, even with a modern tattoo needle, uh, stings a little. Yeah. And I I would guess the forehead or the the hands would be, and also the forehead and the hands are two parts that are very difficult to keep clean while healing. If you are in you were required to do whatever it is that slaves and prisoners were required to do in antiquity. Yeah. It's not a good situation. Um, And also probably if you're tattooing a slave or a prisoner, you're not going to be terribly gentle. You see throughout. So I mentioned already the, the notion of um, tattooing, moving people from places they know to places they don't know. And so part of that is by forcibly relocating groups. Mm -hmm. So that's how you had the Jews in exile in Babylon. This was a, a, um, imperial strategy. So this is something that many groups were experiencing because when you take them out of their, um, the environment that they know, then it's easier to control them because they're sort of at your mercy. It's very destabilizing. And so part of that is by taking the, the, men the like the able-bodied men of the communities yeah and and assigning them to regiments that are in terrible climates for their experience so you have people coming from um what is now northeast africa being stationed in britain and vice versa so you have people that are so yes you have people that are not used to being in these environments but also they did not ask to join this military so it's not it's it's a step beyond just conscription. It's not just they're being drafted into it, but they were taken from their homes and communities and put in the army of the occupying body. Yeah, that would. So they didn't necessarily want to be there. Nope. And so you have um, you have people marking them in sort of for the exact same reasons that you would mark a slave, because these are people who are not there voluntarily yeah and and like and so you the the most sugar cody way of describing both of those situations like <laughs> they didn't volunteer i yeah i just you know trying to be diplomatic here um but you you see you see that as um indicative of it and and so you whether you spend the rest of your life either in a state of slavery or slavery in a military context, um, you carry that with you. And so this is, this is sort of the milieu in which the, um, the prohibition against tattooing in Leviticus came about. Yeah. Of this idea of, of seeing that there were, um, you had tattoos as a, there are references to tattoos as a religious practice. Um, And so you want to distance yourself from um, religious groups with whom you 
don't agree views wise, um, which was a, a big, big thing there. <laughs> it's a big the, thing in the time of Moses. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> was like get it, keeping people on the on task. The task being we don't, Judaism. We don't have that many people. <laughs> We're trying to do a religion thing. Look, we have a series of rules. And it's, you know, like, don't make me turn this car around. Don't make me to turn Egypt. this Red Sea around. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's this idea of um, a negatively constructed identity. So you want to establish who you are, but you also want to establish who you are not. Right. And and so that's so that's where, where that comes about. And so it's it's something that um, I mean, it's, it's still it's less fun. Yeah. Like in the in the classical world, tattooing is like not as fun. No. And what is also something that I want to mention, um, we see tattoos on. I don't know of any references to tattoos in Egyptian writing. So I don't know of any historical references to tattoos. And I don't know of any. Uh, but we see tattoos on mummies. So, yeah. So where's that? What is on someone's body is not necessarily What's what in the people literature? say people put on their bodies. Yeah. Again. And so, if and if you the person writing is somebody that thinks tattoos are bad, the people who have tattoos will be bad people in their story. It's like the same idea as like be saying like no you're not supposed to have tattoos um like the the holy roman emperor specifically prohibited because it was a pagan practice and yet like 10 seconds later people started getting them to indicate that they had gone on pilgrimage and so it's it's this idea of like what people say and what people do aren't quite the same and that's also totally different from what people write down yes (laughs) Everybody so what I'm lies. hoping is that in the classical um, and Mediterranean world, there were tons of like sweet tats out there, yes. but nobody talked about them. Um, me too. Because <laughs> otherwise, it's just a bummer. I know. Um, so elsewhere in the world, um, tattooing for spiritual and decorative purposes in Japan is thought... That sounds, hmm? much, that sounds much better. I know. <laughs> much nicer. Uh, well, it's thought to exp- extend back to at least the Paleolithic period, so uh, the Joman period, where there's really cool pots and little figurines. My dad has um, a couple of replicas, uh, like little plastic replicas yeah. of some of the little Joman figurines, and they're so cute. Oh, like the one that that guy at the Asian Art Museum told me was obviously a Jew. Oh, because he maybe- looked like he was wearing a hat. Maybe that's and he had a little beard. It. And this man, this this man at the Asian Art Museum, well, he was a guest at the Asian Art Museum. I was a representative of the Asian Art Museum, told me about this. And he gave me this whole thing about how, like, the Jews got there. And I was just like, sir, that is untrue. First of all, it's not called the Jumun period. <laughs> Second of all, it happened before Jews happened. So, yeah. but I mean, the Jomon period did run for, is is like all at I'm its saying most general, is a long time. I'm skeptical. Um, <laughs> well, and I think I ended up on like I came down on the side of well, so what? <laughs> like, 
So he's a Jew in a hat. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, so what? <laughs> Look, I, he's entitled to his own perspective. Um, yeah. So uh, among the Ainu, the indigenous people of Japan, a tattooed mustache on the upper lip of a young lady signals that she is of marriageable age. And then I don't know, like once she actually gets married, um, I don't, maybe she adds to it. Or, you know, maybe it's just like a sign of maturity, like when, when a girl gets her ears pierced or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't, um, I wish I had okay. someone to teach me more about that. Yeah. Um, and then this one I, I really like because it involves experimental archaeology, which uh, is my bag. But <laughs> so some artifacts dating back 3,000 years from the Solomon Islands may have been used for tattooing human skin. So these are these little pieces of obsidian and uh, people thought maybe they were used to do tattoos. And so they duplicated these pieces and then on pig skin... So these aren't just like flakes. These aren't from. It's not. It's not detritus from. No, from it's not the little. It's not the little point. flakes that okay. you get when you're making a stone tool, and it's like the leftovers. These appear to have been deliberately made. So they they replicated these little obsidian pieces, and then they used them to make tattoos on pigskin, um, which probably is easier to fill out the forms for than doing it on human subjects, and then. They compared the experimental ones that were used on the pigskin with the original artifacts to look at how, so they looked at them under microscopes to see how um, the pieces got worn out and, and chipped and uh, scratched from piercing pigskin over and over and over and mm -hmm. looked at the residues on the stones and then they compared the two, the, the modern and the ancient pieces and they found that the wear was similar. So... This suggested that they hadn't been used for something like working hides, so like making clothing, but actually were for human skin. That is very cool. And also, I wonder if that's something that was, um, that there may be other tools like that that have been excavated but not recognized. Yeah, so so that's the Solomon Islands in, in the Pacific um, and lots of groups sort of from the... The, yeah. the Pacific Austronesian, yeah, area. and it's something the that tattooing is yeah, incredibly so, important to to the Maori, to um, Hawaiian Polynesian people. Yeah, and so it's something that um, I saw that it was it was stated that tattooing is um, a sort of like longstanding and recognized traditional practice in most. Austrone among most Austronesian peoples. And um, those are indigenous groups um, that are spread from Southeast Asia, Oceania to East Africa. That's a range. I know. And so it's something that I have not explored or looked into, but thinking about origins and age and, and the things like that around when something started. Yeah. Um, if we think about if, because I, when I saw Austronesian, I thought Austronesian languages and like languages and people aren't the same thing. Um, I know that not everyone knows that. And so I wondered if this was something like that, that this was like a, a conflation. Uh, but then I, I looked in and in, indeed that is the geographical range. So is it something where this practice 
is in some form, this practice is old enough to have started with um, this genetic population. So is it something that came along with the peopling of these of these places, but also there was a, to my mind, staggering degree of communication across huge, huge distances. Yeah. Across just like the deep old ocean. And I, I will never wrap my mind around it. No. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I grew up in the mountains, so <laughs> it is. Is different. I don't expect I don't expect to wrap my mind around the ocean anytime soon. <laughs> okay. Well, golly. That was a ride all around the world. The the tattoo universe. Yes. TM TM TM. TM TM TM. Thank you for listening to the dirt. Uh we have a new $10 Patreon donor. Thank you, Erica Lockwell. You're a delight. Thank you so much. You're wonderful. We love you. Um, if you want to be like Erica, look us up on Patreon and think about throwing a few dollars our way. It, it'll help us keep this going. www.patreon.com slash the dirt podcast. And don't forget that you can find us on SoundCloud, our home on SoundCloud on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. You just pop that RSS feed in there. If you do have a few seconds to spare, please, please consider kicking a five-star rating our way and maybe a review. And in the meantime, follow us on Facebook. We're The Dirt Podcast there. On Twitter, we're at Dirt Podcast. On Instagram, we're at The Dirt Pod. And that's where you can find all the sweet tat pics that we're... That we discussed this week. Oh, there's going to be so many pictures from this episode. There's going to be like a Barbary sheep, and we're going to get an auroch. Yeah, I got to find. I got to find an auroch. Yeah. Anyway, and um, I remember them from the ABCs of extinct animals oh that God. I read as a child. <laughs> you had he the was best books. One. I know. I was such a baby nerd. Um, and if you read the ABCs of extinct animals. Send us an email. Be our friend. At thedirtpodcast at gmail.com. Please email us. We would love to get some emails. We're lonely. Well. Well. There's that. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, dirtbags. Bye. Bye.